to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 147, almost completing our third year. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! You probably found water, or that might be the glut of oil that you're seeing. Go to Texas, southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that is where the panel is spread out among all the Sugarlanders. <clears throat> My name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host. And basically what we do here is uh, try to mentor each other as we're each on this individual faith journey. Typically, what we've done for the vast majority of our 147 podcasts is get together have a panel discussion about a adult Bible fellowship story or Sunday school lesson and put updated, relate it to us, have a discussion and put a man spin on it. However, I believe this is our third week of dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. And as such, the vast majority of us and probably you out there are quarantined and under a stay home order. So we're doing this a little bit differently, teleconferencing, as many of the people that are doing it through churches. And basically, this has been, I don't want to say a learning experience, but it pretty much has been getting used to this new format and how to stay positive in this time of crisis. Since each of us are men, and this is a man-oriented adult Bible fellowship, we look as men at leaders in their community, in their household, in their churches, in their places of employment. And this is where men, this is the time for men to man up. So we're so glad you're here. And uh, we are in a connect, we, we do uh, adult Bible fellowships from many different sources. We're in uh, the study of Matthew, it's Connect 360, it's by Baptist Way Press, and miracles is what we're talking about, and this is the transforming power of Jesus. This is our, our lesson number five power over death. And what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and first introduce the panel, and then I'm going to go around and let them give, uh, of course, uh, an overview of this particular lesson. And and because <laughs> our, our historian is here today, so we'll also get a little history on it too. So uh, with us today, we have, he's a world-class policy writer, also a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. Uh, we also have, uh, he's an attorney. Uh, he's a prosecutor, so he could either throw you in the brink or he could, uh, or he could defend you. 
We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Thank you. And, and also we have, he is a world-class trainer for a Fortune, not 500, Fortune 100 company. And that's Robert Koshu. He is here as well. So my name is Bill Cox, and I'm just a bit of a contractor, a sales guy. Still being blessed that I'm getting out and getting to work a little bit, but that's kind of like part-time, part-time, as opposed to how I normally am. So we're going to go ahead, and uh, I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch and get his, uh, how are you, Steve? How are you dealing? And your basic overview of this particular lesson. I'm doing fine. It's, it's very weird. I, I work at home uh regularly it's my regular scheme so is my wife so uh kind of from a from a household standpoint it's not too much different our son is home he's doing distance learning now in high school uh they're basically getting that ramped up at in in fort bend and sugarland um but it's weird because it's it's kind of the same but different just as, as you said it's very it's like a a holiday outside, um, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a happy way, just that there's very little traffic, um, it's, it's quiet, um, even, even by suburban standards. So, uh, and I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who are not as fortunate as I am here in terms of being able to keep their job at home, um, and our thoughts and, and, and prayers are with those who are struggling. Um, quickly, turning to the Lesson today, we're going to get, um, really, I think, chronologically, this is the first resurrection that Jesus does of, of someone. Um, more than a healing, he actually brings uh, a girl who was apparently dead uh, back to life. And we'll look at that. Um, we're looking at Matthew. The same story is told in Mark 5. We're going to look at Matthew Matthew chapter 9, uh, um, uh, two different sets of verses there, but the same story is told in Mark 5. We get a little more detail, ironically. Mark is the shorter gospel, so we know the names of, of the, uh, you know, the, the name of the synagogue leader is Jairus. We get that from Mark. You won't hear his name in the passage we read Matthew. And some other details come out of Mark, which we'll be referencing. Also in Luke. <clears throat> it is also in Luke chapter 8. So, <clears throat> excellent. Hey, and as long as you've spoken up, uh, Robert Koshy, why don't you go ahead and uh, just l let everybody know, let us know how you're coping, uh, the challenges that uh, that you're facing, what you're doing, or and or have learned, and your basic overview of uh, lesson number five. Oh, thank you. Um, doing fine. Kind of still. Um, adjusting, we have totally thrown our cats completely in an uproar because you know they. I keep getting the why are these why are the servants in my house all day now? <laughs> Look from our cats, um, really kind of coping. Um, kind of like Steve, it is so quiet. The only out we're doing is I go once a week and run to the grocery store and deliver some things to my mom. My mom is doing well, she's in assisted living. And they have pretty much cut off all contact with them. Um, basically, if I buy groceries or meds or anything like that, I drop it at the front and they take it to her. I don't get to really see her. Um, Cameron has lost a job, so he's home with us. And so he's home all day. Starting tomorrow, my wife has still been commuting to work. Starting tomorrow, 
she will be joining me in the quarantine world. So she'll be home permanently um, until, like you said, Bill, um, best guess. We're really knocking on wood, hoping and praying that April 30th is going to be the end and we can all go back. We are both very blessed, like Steve mentioned earlier, where we're able to keep working. Um, I really feel for, um, A, all the people that really aren't working right now that can't work. Their job physically requires them to um, actually be there doing something. That is a large, large group of people in this country. And a lot of people don't realize that because everybody thinks, oh, just work from home. It'll be fine. Um, not necessarily. Um, the other group I really feel for, and I teach our students, and we've met with them a couple of times. Um, we're doing a couple of Zoom calls with them. We're doing a book club just to kind of keep connected with them and stuff. And the group I feel for is our seniors, um, the kids who are seniors in high school. And I'll even go seniors in college, um, people that have worked towards getting something, um, achieving something. And, you know, their prom has been canceled and they're, now their graduations have been canceled and everything else. And it's just, you know, it's just, it, this is an interesting time we live in as we go through this and look at it. Um, this is a great, great lesson. Um, and I'm really going to be real. I think next week's going to be even more interesting. And I think it's very appropriate that as Steve mentioned, we're talking about one of the first times Jesus raised somebody from the dead the week before we start Holy Week. And we're going to be discussing that entire piece um, in light of that and keeping with that. And then I think we're going to skip some verses in the middle as we read through this week's lesson. And I think those are going to be some very interesting lessons for us next week as we're, A, we're in the middle of Holy Week. And it will be one of the strangest Holy Weeks ever. Um, most people are used to for Holy Week, you go to Palm, you go to church Palm Sunday and you get palms and you celebrate. If you're Catholic or Episcopalian, they actually do a whole march into the palms and carry them in. We usually have our children carry them in at our church. You'll have a Maundy Thursday service and a Good Friday service, followed, of course, by Easter. And most churches this year are going to be doing all of that virtually. And so it is going to be, I saw a quote that it's going to be the most biblical of all Easter's because for the first Easter, the disciples were hiding in a house, stuffed away and not real sure what was going on. Kind of like we're all going to be this year for Easter. So it's really going to be an interesting time frame. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the nice discussion. Excellent. Thanks so much, Professor. Uh, Michael Cropper. How about the changes that uh, that you've had to make and uh, your interpretation about this lesson? And of course, you're the historian, so go ahead and give us the historical perspective as well. So which do you want first, Bill? I want to know how you have <laughs> changed, how, how your schedule has changed, and how you're handling it. Okay. All right. Great. Great. Well, before we do that, I have to tell you folks, y'all don't see what's going on in the studio here where we're sitting. I, I, I'm looking at Steve's titch, and he has this palm tree swaying behind him in his house. He has ocean waves flowing up behind him, and it's all beautiful and high-definition. He just put on his sunglasses. Now, y'all don't have the benefit of seeing this, but it's, it could be distracting if I wasn't uh, so much favorable to the lesson that we're studying today. Um, and uh, anyway, 
thank you, Steve, for that. It's, it's, I just want to tell you, it's very interesting. And uh, uh, let's see if we can get you, you back have, to You have I, that ability. I, I can tell you offline, you can put your own background in there. Yes, and I just can't. Oh, there we go. There we go. Hold on. I'm trying to figure out how to minimize this so I can get to the lesson all of a sudden. Um, okay. So, somebody tell me how to minimize the screen. I somehow uh, made too big. Okay. Anyway, well, Bill, you asked me how how what how this is affecting me today with the coronavirus, everything like that. It's very interesting that you should mention that. And before we do that, our lesson today is on uh, the healing of Jairus' daughter, and uh, as, as, as the Gospels talk about it, Matthew does not specifically reveal the name in this, but it's one of our favorite, favorite miracles that we see Jesus perform, and, and it's so interesting that you would ask me about how things are going at my office. Uh, two out of three of our attorneys are moved into our civil section because they have a lot of empty offices across the bio. I'm in the Municipal Courts building at 1400 Lubbock in Houston, and uh, there are only about six or eight of us in the, in the office because they want us to distance between each other socially. And it so happens that yesterday and today, and I'm looking at enforcement on how we would enforce uh, authority uh, giving specific orders regarding the coronavirus and those people who may have come in contact with it, who may have it. And I've been looking up case law and things like that to see how we would, or what sort of advice we would give to uh, to police officers if they are in fact directed to enforce orders from either state, the federal government, or in, in our case, the city of Houston. Um, now, how to, how to enforce how to enforce martial law? Huh? Yeah, not quite that bad, but it it looks like it. It's, that's a good question. Because right now, I mean, if you're, unlike cities where it's a little harsher, Houston's still kind of on the, we've asked you to stay home. We're not telling you to stay home yet. But this whole That's question, right. yeah, so, so what, some inside information there. No, you're, no, you're absolutely correct, Steve. That's the whole key right now. Houston has not, or the mayor has not, given an executive order in which we would try to enforce now to stay home. And, and is it all you know, in fact, since we're talking about this, I, I know you guys are aware that, uh, that some people have not been staying home. And that's why a lot of new cases have shown up. And that's why, in fact, there's a, uh, there's a ban or a, a order in effect for those crossing over from Louisiana to come into Texas because Louisiana is seeing a lot, a lot of cases of the coronavirus. Now, Bill, what was your second question? I'm sorry, I did not type that down. Oh, oh my history. The history of the lesson today, real quick, folks. Uh, you remember the first lesson that we were talking about, the miracles had to do with Jesus' temptations, three temptations. Uh, the second lesson that we studied was about the leper and Jesus, where Jesus descends from the mountain after he teaches, uh, pardon me, after he confronts uh, Satan. Our third lesson in and the series has to do with P uh, Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. Mother and uh, just prior to that, he, in fact, cast out a demon uh, when he was preaching in the synagogue. Now, Matthew doesn't mention that, but Mark and I believe Luke, Luke mentioned that as well. And then last week's lesson was the perfect storm. Jesus calms the storm uh, in which he's with the disciples. Now, just after that, uh, for the 
history prior to today's lesson, he leaves his boat, or pardon me, he leaves in a boat after healing uh, Peter's mother-in-law, and they cross the Sea of Galilee, and he uh, arrives, pardon me, after he calms the store, he they arrive in the, the land of Jersey, where the two demon-possessed men come out, and he casts the demons out of them. And the demons go into a group of swine. All of you remember that. It's a very interesting uh, uh, a miracle, and, and I don't know if you would really call it that, but certainly the owners of the uh, swine or the pigs did not think it was a miracle when they lost their whole herd of swine, but they went into the uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee and drowned. Then the people came out and asked him to leave. Now, Jesus and his disciples crossed back over the Sea of Galilee, and it sets us up for today's lesson uh, where he is uh, talking to some of the people uh, before Jairus comes to him. And uh, Bill, whenever you read the text, it will make sense uh, when I'm talking about that. He's talking to some people uh, about what not, whether to fast or not, because John's disciples ask him, why are your disciples not fasting like the Jews and ourselves? And he says, because you cannot put new wine in an, into an old, old wine skin. I thought, what in the world does that mean? But what he's telling him is you cannot put the gospel, the new gospel of the kingdom coming near that I'm preaching into the old people, into the old Jewish law and the old rabbis and preach it in their old way. But anyway, enough for that. While he's preaching these things, Jairus approaches Jesus. And that brings us to today's, today's lesson. Excellent, Mike. And uh, I just want to go ahead and uh, add my two cents in about uh, the differences. I, I work basically as a contractor, and uh, construction is deemed essential in Texas. So I am allowed to go out. I have the actual paperwork uh, that says that I am an essential this that construction is an essential business, and I have a couple of projects going on. Uh, the probably about the only good thing that is different is that traffic is extremely light. It's it's <laughs> unlike any other time in Houston. It is easy to get around, but the problem is there's really no place to go. There's very few places that are open, and even getting supplies from your regular supplier. There's all these new rules and things that you have to do to, <clears throat> to make sure that you don't come in contact with people and that kind of thing. So although they aren't busy, what you are trying to accomplish takes two and three times longer than normal to accomplish anyway. And <clears throat> as I was thinking about this, and I was getting ready to complain, but I was reminded, I just thought about this particular lesson, Power Over Death, but it just kind of reminded me of, I don't know if the, the you, you fellows remember Ernest Shackleton. He was the explorer of Antarctica back in uh, like the early uh, 1900s, like 1914 or so. He had an expedition where he was going to sail across Antarctica during the summer months in the ship uh, called Endurance, where it got uh, jammed in the ice floats and actually 
got tore apart by the ice. And he ended up, it took him a year and a half, but he saved all of his men. And the way he did that was he would not let them get defeated and have a defeated attitude. And he kept military discipline. And I kept thinking about that because we're three weeks in on this COVID-19. <clears throat> I would like to think that we're past the halfway point. But we'll only know that in hindsight. We might really just kind of be at the start. And so as men, I'm trying to take some of those lessons from people that have successfully managed crisis before and, and, and internalize that and be a part of my own life as I lead my own family and just and keep my own faith because there's a difference between faith and hope. Hope has no direction. Hope with effort is faith. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to walk along beside you to have faith that we're all going to get through that. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. This is from Matthew 9, 18 through 19 first. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. And now on to Matthew 9, 23 through 26. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread throughout all that region. And of course, that was Jairus that he went into. Yeah, go ahead and get a little bit of enlightenment uh, on this from uh, Mr. Steve Titch. First of all, it's an awesome request that comes from Jairus at this point. Now, again, we're reading this in hindsight, so we know all the miracles Jesus did. But up to now, certainly word has gotten around that he could heal the sick, uh, that he was, uh, he was, he was um, exercising demons. Um, there, was, there was a lot of talk going on, and Jairus, for all I know, he took this all on faith. And, and certainly, as we know, there were always a lot of magicians and so-called faith healers roaming the countryside uh, at this time. Um, so this synagogue leader, really, he gives a whole lot of credit to Jesus here by going up to him and, and saying, my daughter has died, please bring her back to life. He bows at her. He acknowledges his, Jesus' godhood. Um, he also, the, the, the author noted this, uh, in the Old Testament, the only uh, prophets who were known to have raised the dead are, I believe, Elijah and Elisha. Uh, and uh, 
be, and, and that I guess occurs, I, I'm looking at it around 1 Kings 17, 21, 22, and later 2 Kings 4, 33, 25. Um, so he immediately at least identifies Jesus as someone sent from God, from, his, from, 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 the, from Yahweh. Uh, the fact that he has the faith to say, this man could raise my, my dead daughter uh, is awesome when you think about it, because nobody's, no, this is the first request Jesus gets of this time. By the time Lazarus rolls around, it's three years into his ministry, uh, in, in some ways, it's almost expected of him because Mary says, Jesus, if he had been here, well, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Um, so that's a, that's a good place to start. The, the, the fact that some this, this synagogue leader and, and probably, you know, Jesus was not exactly the, uh, the, the, you might say, the most popular personality with the um, elite learned crowd. Uh, of the establishment, um, he pretty much got tossed out of his own synagogue. Uh, so, and I'll, so, so here we are, an, an amazing request and an amazing act of faith on behalf of this synagogue leader, Jairus. Excellent, Professor Professor Koshu. Yeah, I I, I find it amazing his his. You look at it that his Steve said that here was a synagogue who is a leader of the Jews, knew um, the scriptures, and instantly recognized that Jesus was, maybe didn't recognize he was who he said he was, but recognized immediately that he had come from God, that he had performed miracles, and had enough faith that Jesus could either heal or resurrect his daughter. The stories conflict between Mark, Matthew, and Luke, whether the daughter was dead when Jairus first went to go get Jesus or not, or if she died like in the interim, and then they did that. But Jesus, you know, having the faith that no matter what there was about um, the daughter and how she was, that he fully believed Jesus could heal his daughter. Has, has he looked at it? And I, I find that that deep faith very interesting, and I find that deep faith very useful for us right now as we're searching and looking and being a part of whatever it is we're going through. And, you know, they call it a pandemic. Um, it's quarantine. It's stay at home and stay safe is the official order that we're under here in Fort Bend County or stay home, stay safe, something like that. Um, you know, possibly moving to a quote unquote higher sense as of now, this is at 7.34 PM central time um, on April 1st, 2020 in the state of New York. I'm using the world of meter site. John Hopkins site is very good. Um, John Hopkins has all their U.S. data down for some reason, probably refreshing it. Um, but I tend to use both World of Meter and John Hopkins. Sometimes one works better than the other. The state of New York has 83,000 cases with 7,918 new ones today with 2,219 people dead and 505 people died in the state of New York today. New deaths today for the state of New York in the United States. 
is 505. I actually was on a conference call today with a guy from Madrid, Spain, believe it or not. And Spain is, it's like the U.S., Italy, and then Spain as far as number of cases go worldwide. And I think having that faith at this point that God is in control of this at the end of the day, that no matter where we are, where we land, recognizing that God is in control. And I think that's what we're seeing here from Jarius. We're seeing from him that recognition that Christ is in control of all of this and that he was in control. And he firmly believed that Christ could heal his daughter or raise his daughter from the dead, whichever one you want to go with on that. And, and I think the, the main lesson there is that, is that we've got to figure out how do we get through the noise and recognize that Christ is in control? You know, whether you're like Bill, able to move around and go to work, like Mike, who is socially isolated um, within his office because they kind of split everybody back out, or you're like me that's working from home constantly when he used to go to an office with no business travel, by the way. You know, I did quite a bit of travel for work and all that got shut down as well. Or you're Steve, who nothing's really changed as far as his work routine other than his son is there doing distance learning now. But figuring out in the middle of this that Christ and God are in control of this entire thing. And what does that mean and how does that look as we look at it? So that's one thing that, you know, I think we need to really look at and think about as we look at it. Excellent. Uh, Judge. You might want to unmute. By the way, in corporate America, the mute button is the new Doing reply it. alt. Thank you. Uh, it says push alt A and it will unmute it. I only did it 20 times now and it hasn't unmuted. So now, <laughs> now we got it. I had to bring the picture open. Uh, thank you, Bill, very much. Um, I see two points about this. There's two points you guys mentioned. Number one, um, the timing of the, the healing itself. Um, whether or not Jairus came when his daughter had died or whether or not she died while he was coming, uh, uh, it goes through my mind, why did he not come earlier? Because he knew, uh, as everyone, just about all the other people who trusted Jesus, knew that Jesus could heal, but they didn't know if he could raise the dead or not. Uh, or resurrect the dead. And then the, uh, the second question here is power that comes to my mind. And, and the, first of all, timing is not an issue to God at all. Uh, as you guys remember the story, and, and all of you, if you, uh, if you read John 11, the story of Nazareth, which Robert, I believe, and Steve have both brought up, um, Jesus was with his disciples and he, uh, he learns that Lazarus has died, and he does not go back, or in fact, he's sick, and he does not go back to where Lazarus is. He's told that, the, behold, the one you love is, is sick. And Jesus dilly-dallies around there for another two days at the place where he is. And, uh, and then his disciples say, why are we going? When are we going? And he says, well, he says, frankly, he says, Lazarus is dead. He is asleep. He's fallen asleep. He is dead. And 
he says his sickness was not unto death, but unto the glory of God. So he's stating there, timing to him is not important. He's stating that I have the power. And when you go into the, further into the uh, uh, John 11, uh, Mary and Martha come out and meet him and they say, if you had been here, our brother Lazarus had not died. And this is when he's arriving in Bethany. And in fact, Lazarus had been dead a total of four days when he finally did go to where he was. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you believe that I can heal? And uh, Martha says, I know that, know that, know that uh, Lazarus will rise again in the last day, in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, though you die, you will live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And do you believe this? And uh, Martha said, yes, Lord, I do believe this. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God who has come into the world. Now, those of you who have read the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the story with Lazarus, Jesus does go, and he, in fact, raised him from the dead after he'd been dead four days. So once again, the, the reason I'm bringing this up, the author of the lesson that we are studying about uh, raising Jairus' daughter from the dead says that, gave us an example that she was, she had to leave work and go home to meet with some guests at her home uh, regarding a Christian conference, I think, and, and, and possibly a, a missionary work. And a lady stopped her as she was leaving the uh, college where she was teaching. And the lady said, please come talk to me, uh, have a cup of coffee with me. I want to speak with you. And, they, and she was teaching English there. This is in uh, Korea. And she said, I, I, can I put this off till another time? I really, really, really need to go home. And most of you, if you're listening to what I'm saying, this has occurred to all of us at one time or another. We want to leave. We've got plans either at home or someplace we have to be. And someone interrupts our desire to leave or go to a, another particular appointment. And uh, Bill, I know you probably experienced this now in your construction where you have to be in certain places at times. And the lady, lady says, no, I really have to go. And she says, please, please come in and talk to me just for 10 minutes. And the lady, the author of this lesson says, well, you know what? I feel like it's a Holy Spirit. So I will take a few minutes and talk with her. And she tells us that two hours she, later, she comes out of the lady's office and the lady has accepted Christ as Savior. Uh, when she gets home to provide supper for these guests that are coming to her house, they end up having sandwiches. Now, she says, and we all had sandwiches, not the meal which I had planned to prepare for them, but we all rejoiced because she had accepted Christ. I've had those times where, where timing, I had to drop what I was doing because I felt like the Lord was leading me in a different direction from what I was going. And it often seems like annoying to me at the time, but the Holy Spirit is working in this. And, and the uh, author points out that Jesus, when he was asked by Jairus to go and heal his daughter, dropped whatever he was doing. It didn't even cross his mind to, uh, to say, you know, I have something else to do or let me finish this. Instead, he got up with great compassion and love and he went with Jairus uh, to heal, heal his daughter. Excellent, Mike. And before we get to the uh, 
the hard break that we have to take in just a couple of moments. Reading the story <clears throat> reminds me of people that they use the hindsight is twenty twenty and say, oh, I had faith. I knew it would work out. Whereas really, faith is like what we're in right now and having faith in God and knowing that things will work out. And with that, we're going to go ahead and we have to take our hard break. This is Man Up, Man Up podcast you number one. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. This is the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is our podcast number 147. We are on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple iTunes. And we have uh, a Facebook page that's man-up. And we have a website, which is man-upspiritualoasis.com. You can find our podcasts there. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. So you can go ahead and you can search through them and find something that may really speak to you. We are in... The Connect 360 Miracles, The Transforming Power of Jesus. And what we're talking about is the power over death. When Jesus, what he does is he brings back to life Jairus, who is a synagogue's leader, his daughter, uh, after after she is dead. Actually, it's during the actual funeral where he has the people ushered out. And he brings her back to life. And I'm going to go around uh, the room and get some more implications on what that can say to us. And back to Mr. Steve Titch. Well, we see, first of all, the, the power of Jesus. Uh, he can, and, and this, of course, is, is a preview toward his resurrection. Now, yes, and, and Robert brought up there were some aspects of the story was, was she in a coma? Was she asleep? Was she dead? Um, the clue, one of the clues is that Matthew uh, writes that there was a noisy crowd and people were playing pipes. That, that would have immediately been recognized as a Jewish funeral. Um, generally, as, as to this day, a Jews will, will, the edict is bury your dead by sundown. They do not embalm. Um, and so uh, either the girl died or died while, the, on the, while Jairus was seeking out Jesus. Um, but it looks like she, and, and, and she was dead. Uh, I think the Jewish physicians at the time were pretty well versed in, in detecting life signs because the fact that you, you had to bury someone uh, by sundown. So, uh, but what I'm getting to here is also that, again, he touches her, the whole sub-theme of this study so far has been Jesus' willingness to touch 
other people, um, touch people that the law would have declared unclean. We looked at lepers. Uh, there was a, well, well, next week, the, the story that the sandwiches is the story of the hemorrhaging woman that we look at next week. Uh, and here, of course, it was against Jewish law to touch a dead person. And he touches her. Now, I think, I, I, and let, let's go aside. If, you know, we can debate, was she really, the 21st century thing, was she really dead? Everyone believed she was dead. Jesus touched her. He was breaking Jewish law, but he was willing to do that because he's God here and he's demonstrating that, you know, th there's a certain limitations that the law has when it comes to, you know, when it comes to then dealing with things with faith and, and certainly uh, relationships with God. And so he raises her and uh, it's, um, again, and it, showing his, his basically that death does not answer to him because he is divine. He's, he's really, we saw him control the storm. He controls the storm. He controls that. We, we see him having control over, over, you know, the physical elements, the natural elements, the supernatural elements, and finally death. Uh, and it, it's, so, so that's the big takeaway. And later on, I want to get back to you also talking about the Lord working in, in his own time. And that certainly is, is a theme that comes throughout, throughout the Bible, both, 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 both Testaments. Pastor Taylor talked about that last week, last, last Sunday. Um, he's been talking about the last couple of Sundays about waiting for the Lord and what to do in that waiting period. Um, that the waiting is an opportunity. Um, it, it, what's interesting is that everything in our culture is these days is built around cutting the weight. You know, you, you get, you, you can, you can pay $20 extra on Southwest to get, you know, to the head of the line. Uh, you can, um, you can, you know, Amazon prime, don't wait two days, <laughs> get your stuff tomorrow. Um, it's, we, we've made waiting and patience an undesirable thing, but what this, you know, what, what, what we have here is an opportunity to, do something while we're waiting and 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 think meditate just basically make that time worthwhile an opportunity not not to waste that time but to spend that time in new ways uh, and so i think that's in, in, that, that's part of this story because uh jesus does does things in his own time and in this case he kind of answers Jairus, they go to his house, he interrupts whatever he's doing, his lessons, his study, he goes. Um, but we see him doing things when he wants to, and those who wait and those who are patient generally see blessings. Excellent. Uh, professor. So I, I always find it funny, too, and I, I kind of go with you, Steve, that, that if you've hired the flutes and everything, she was dead because you had to at least take some time to get those guys, to bring them in, to do the entire thing. And, and it's, it's waiting on God, but I think here's the other thing, and I think this is the man lesson here, and, and we'll really talk a lot more about it next week. And in the in-between time, I'm going to go ahead and throw out if – 
any of our listeners have ever heard of a man called Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl wrote a very seminal book in psychology called Man's Search for Meaning. And I'll tell more of his story, but the idea is, and when I tell a story next week, it will really make sense. You find your meaning of life in every moment that you're future holds. Um, if you had told me at the end of February, um, I remember being at an ARVR conference, augmented virtual reality conference, the end of February, and we were kind of joking about, oh, got to be watching out for that, that Chinese virus that's out there. You know, of course, we had maybe 15 cases in the U.S., and it was all people that had traveled over. And you know, there there was some minor talk about, you know, uh, maybe some travel is going to get restricted, you know, international travel, but nothing else really more than that. It's like a flu thing. It's not going to be a big deal. Maybe we're going to have a bad flu. And I was one of the unlucky ones that caught swine flu in 2009 when it came through. I actually caught it at a youth camp with our youth. Um, but if you had told me then that I was basically going to be living a shut-in life where I go out once a week, grab groceries, drop some stuff off at my mom's house and come home. Every night, my wife and I had been very fortunate so far because we're not under pure quarantine that we go out and go down to a park and we do the walking trail, maintaining appropriate social distancing from people just so we can get, a, get out and get a little exercise as a part of it. But if you had told me a month ago that this is where we would be right now, I would have laughed at you and said, there is no way we're going to shut this entire country down, which is basically what we've done. Um, I think I saw the statistic today that 80% of America is currently under some sort of stay at home, shelter in place type order at this moment. And that's astounding when you think about it, you know, the way we've been shut down. And so using Jerry has found his moment with Jesus when he encountered Jesus. And he recognized that no matter what else was going on, Jesus could heal his daughter because he recognized the power of God. And I think in this time frame, as we're looking at it, it's up to us to find that meaning in life and find that meaning in God in this moment that we're in. Because we are in a, quote unquote, it gets so overused, but man, it's appropriate. Unprecedented time would be the right phrase. So just looking at that and realizing that we are kind of in that unprecedented time and finding your meaning for God as you approach this. And as we talk through the middle part of the story that we bookended, I'll talk a little bit more about Viktor Frankl next week and who he is and his whole story, because his whole story is actually very incredible when you realize that where he landed and what he yeah, mentioned of the flute player Doris was able to get his money back and from today's perspective if in fact the daughter is healed and they are hired to do eight hours worth of work does he have to pay him for four or two something that's um some, a little bit of humor <laughs> in that hey hey that's <laughs> a real thing man and i'm trying to make sure i get a hotel deposit back for a conference i was supposed to be at in may that i'm obviously not going to at this moment <laughs>
That's it. And uh, the people, yeah, yeah, possibly were flying the airlines and such, are they giving their refunds back? But I, I have a question. So looking at it from today's perspective, what illness did, in fact, Jairus' daughter have? And in, in going further than that, what illness, uh, since we are not discussing, I think, Lazarus in this book of, of miracles, what, what illness did he have? Did the Jews back then quarantine the families after Jesus leaves? In fact, with Jairus' daughter, did they quarantine the family? Or is that does that produce some type of uh, somewhat humorous result on the Jews when they come and see that Jesus touches or learns that Jesus touches his daughter? And, oh, my gosh, he touches a dead person, according to the old Mosaic law. Yes, he's very unclean for seven days or whatever it is that you have to, to, to cleanse yourself. And then she turns out and lives. Does that all of a sudden remove all the, the uh, application of the law? That, to, that, to, that, that must kind of be funny to Jairus and to Lazarus' family, everything, when the Jews go, aha, you touch the sick person, the leper, you touch the dead person, and then they have no proof to make him or bind him to the Jewish law in the Old Testament when those persons are healed. I think that's uh, rather rather interesting. Uh, and then what if, what if the Jews would do today if they had those particular line of communications like we do? We have not only do we have the internet, we have the TV, we can almost instantly hear what's going on with the government and and the orders that we quarantine ourselves a um, matter of moments. Uh, it's very interesting because the only way you had back then was, was uh, word of mouth or send a messenger, right? And uh, that was the case whenever uh, Mary and Martha sent a messenger to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And then it could take him a day or two, depending on where he's located, to arrive where Lazarus is. But uh, they did they did quarantine those persons. I'm answering my own question here in a way. Uh, in the old Mosaic law, you did quarantine those persons when you had a disease that they believed was contagious. Uh, one that comes to mind, especially was a skin disease. Uh, leprosy was one of them. Uh, a very very uh, strict rules to contain those or separate those people with, with uh, contagious diseases. Lepers is a, by far one of the, uh, uh, the most serious ones. Back to you, Bill. Uh, thanks so much. I, I think the uh, takeaway for me on this particular lesson is to lot, not let my faith die. I, I have, just like everybody else, we do the, the term that in January, there was no such term as social distancing. Now you see it everywhere. But just because I have to social distance myself from people, for example, this podcast, typically we get to fellowship, we get to be in a common room, we get to jab each other, we get to, you know, have fun with it. And... <clears throat> Whereas this is so much more restrictive. Each of us are at our own individual places. We're, we're, we're quarantined. But I'm not going to let that kill my faith. 
kill my faith and kill the fact that I care not only about the people that are creating this podcast, but also the people that are listening to it. I believe, I believe in the Lord. I believe we're going to get through it. And I think so much of it is while you're in the middle of the crisis, having the faith rather than having to look back on it and that person saying, oh yeah, I knew we'd get through it. Well, that isn't necessarily faith. The faith is what you need and what the Lord provides us while we are in it. And that right now is the way I feel. And we are, we are in it. And so with that, I want to go around the room one more time and get takeaways from the fellows that we can take and we can apply to our own circumstance. Mr. Steve Titch. Um, this is, this really is an unprecedented situation. I, I, I do want to bring up the fact that in, in both, well, if there's, if there's one, at least, and I'm going to call it a good thing, that's, or at least a, 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 an aspect of this that has the greatest potential, is that ev- everyone in the world right now, everyone, is going through this in one way or another. I mean, I've got, I, it, it's, it's not like a hurricane or wildfires or an earthquake where you hear about something and you have a tremendous sympathy for the person. You may, you may know someone in that area. But in this day and age, the four of us, there, there are people in Japan, there are people in you know, England, in Italy, in, in every every place, in 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 you know, up and up in Dallas, nearby and far, who are dealing with the same thing, with all this uncertainty that that you know, who among their friend circles is not going to make it out of this? You know, when am I going to be able to work again? Um, what the heck is going on? When's it all going to end? And this is this is nothing like this. I think has ever happened. Perhaps, I'm not going to exaggerate, perhaps in human history, and certainly never when everybody has been connected at the same time. So we know, we know exactly what's happening. We know the numbers precisely in Wuhan, China. We know the numbers as, as, as well as we know right here in Fort Bend County. But where I'm going with this is that that creates a common thread. At a, t- at a time where kind of for the last few years we've been fraying, we've been, we've been all isolating ourselves self-isolating ourselves into little echo chambers. And now, now everybody has something in common with everybody else on this planet. And maybe, maybe in the best of all worlds, this is going to be like the, the Apollo 8 moment at the end of 1968, where the astronauts beam back that picture of Earth sitting there in the dark universe all by itself, no borders, just a, just a fairly vulnerable blue marble, as they called it, we may, we may discover some, some of the common aspects of our humanity and how that is much more important as to what, than, than what really divides us. Um, so that's, that's one of my hopes to come out of this. Uh, and maybe that's, that's, maybe that's going to come out of all this waiting and all, all this um, really, uh, you know, Inactivity, you could call it. Inactivity. 
Excellent, Steve. Uh, Professor Koshu, your takeaway from uh, not only this lesson, but maybe this time. I think it's funny, Steve, Steve brought up, because I guarantee you the last time anything near this happened was World War One. At the end of World War One, there was another pandemic called, it's commonly referred to as the Spanish flu. It was an H1N1 flu. Uh, and frankly, I had never heard of it. Now, I'm a history nut, and I had never heard of the Spanish flu until five, seven, ten years ago, part of it because war censorship was in place and the world wasn't as connected and things were happening in Philadelphia and they really didn't even know about it in New York City, whereas now I was literally talking to a guy in Madrid, Spain, which is one of the epicenters of the entire plague and he actually thought he had it, mild case evidently because he was recovering um, today on conference call. He was in Spain, I was in Sugarland, and we were talking to each other. So it's, it's a different time in the world, and it, it's a time for us to really recognize and connect with the fact that our faith is important, and as men, we're called to really lead out in that faith at this moment. This is one of those times where men's leadership and the way you lead as a man is going to make a difference in the world because we can run around like chickens with our heads cut off, you know, and go buy five shopping carts of toilet paper and get our paper towels, or we can choose to buy normal quantities and check and see if our neighbors need anything and do things to check on people and find ways, like you said, to connect. Um, I'm part of the Association for Talent Development Group here in Houston, and we're hosting just 30-minute check-in social hours once or twice a week at lunch where anybody who's in talent development in Houston can just dial in, and we're doing Zoom calls and doing video chat where people can check in on themselves and just, hey, how's it going? How are you and your family doing? You know, is there anything as a community we can do? And we're not even a faith-based community. That's a business community. You know, how much more should the faith-based community be doing at this point? And as men, it's going to be up to us to lead. And, and I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. It's going to be up to us to lead when we come out and the world reopens. How do we react to this? What are the long-term economic implications of it? And how are we called as leaders and his spiritual leader, and his followers of Christ, how are we called to follow that out and engage the world? Excellent, Professor. Judge, your takeaway uh, from this lesson. All right. Uh, Bill, the... Uh, I think your comment, Bill, is, was, was so right on. We've got to trust God. We have... I mean, after all, He is our only, our only God, and He's what we live for each day. And we do trust Him, but we also use common sense right now as, as people, whether we're Christians or non-Christians, we don't expose ourselves to someone who has the COVID virus, or even if they're sick. If you know somebody's sick, it's not a good idea to just go see them if they have a contagious disease. We use common sense, folks. Now, 
Today I read that the increase in the number of cases have slowed a whole bunch in Italy and China, which I think is validating what you said, Bill. And, uh, and that's simply, uh, they are reaching a maximum, they're reaching a point at which they are doing something correct. Now, Italy, I believe, I'm not sure about China, but Italy's cases have supposedly curtailed and they've about stopped growing. Uh, they've reduced the number and expansion. Uh, but let me tell you this, folks. If you're listening and you don't know Christ, and uh, we do have hope in Christ, if you do not know him, maybe this is a good time for you to ask him into your life. Uh, whether you've listened to us or whether you've listened to churches or whether you've listened to uh, to other ministers on the radio or TV, the way you do that is very simple this, folks. You recognize that you are a sinner. You ask Christ to forgive your sins. You thank him for dying for your sins, and then you ask him to come into your heart. And then you ask him to guide you and leave your life, lead your life, and you turn from sinning, you turn away and begin to follow him. And then a good idea is also to read the Bible. John is a great book to start off with in the Gospel of John. And then you find a church. You can, of course, come visit us at Sugarland Baptist Church when we open again, or if not, find a church around you that, that preaches the Bible and preaches the Word. And anyway, thank you for joining us. Back to you, Bill. Thanks so much, Judge. This is Man Up Podcast number 147, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We want to keep encouraging you to be safe, uh, have faith, and stay positive. We don't really know where we are in this pandemic journey, but we do know this, that we're leaders. And as men, you lead your home, you lead your community, you lead your workplace and have that faith, have that positive attitude. We will make it through it. Thank you so much for joining us. We're on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we also have a man dash up uh, Facebook page. And we also have a website, which is at man dash up spiritualoasis.com. And you can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud. Invite you to, Find a local Bible-based church. Get in a small group setting such as what we have here with Man Up and explore the Bible deeper and put a man spin on it and apply it to your life. And find... You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.